Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn podcast, hosted by Matt Hallisey and Al Horn. This is the only entrepreneurial podcast that helps you take the most important step to finally achieving financial and personal freedom. What is that step? Well, it's the very next step you need to take. It doesn't matter whether you've started a business but aren't profitable, or you've only just now thought about starting a business for the first time. You can design your new life in just a short period of time. We both started multiple profitable businesses, and we're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of. The crazy thing is you don't need to be especially talented, experienced, smart, or even lucky to make this happen. You just have to take the first step that's in front of you. So grab a drink and join us while we discuss our own journeys from working for other people as employees to living our dream lifestyle as business owners. We share our successes, our failures, and the simple formula we've discovered to go from starting from nothing to having our own profitable business in just a short period of time. We're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of, but we're always scared to go after. Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn Podcast. You're not wearing your baseball cap. It says Padres. The Padres, yeah, they'll be starting next month. You'll uh, <laughs> see more of that next month. We're going to have to start calling you Mr. Baseball. It's not a bad thing. I know. That's good. Baseball is, go. uh, baseball is, to me, the perfect metaphor for life and business sometimes versus football, and- which is just the perfect metaphor for war. You know, George Will, he said, football combines the two worst aspects of American culture. He said, violence and committee meetings. <laughs> short meetings, very short meetings. Yeah. But with, at least with football. <laughs> he, was a big, football. He, he was a big, I was going to say, he's a big baseball fan. So he, you know, football was, wasn't a thing he was going to defend. Right. Um, well, at least with football, you get to review the film afterwards, right? They used to say, uh, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the locker room and we're going to review the film, uh, which you can't really do in life so much, you know, you can't go back and, 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 and look at the film and say, oh, the tackle moved this way and the quarterback just didn't execute properly on that play. And you can't do that with life too much, but. Well, and I would say that war, you if I was kind of, you kind of with war, you can kind of do that a little bit with war, but not like I was going to you could say you could say football combines the three worst things in society. Home. Um, what's it called? Violence, committee meetings and homework. Yeah, like, that's the only and sport where you actually brain. have to go. Well, fair enough. Well, that's violence. That's what I'm saying. You have the violence committee. meetings, yeah. And then like it's the only sport where you go back and you have to watch yourself over and over and over. It's not like golf and you go back and like, okay, I'm going to go watch my 72 shots or 87 <laughs> shots or me 72. No, that, that would only get me through about 12 holes. <laughs> golf is another whole thing. That's golf to me. It is the perfect metaphor for being an alien on another planet. Right. Golf is a, me- you know what it is? It's a mental health evaluation is what it is. Like they should just, they should scrap the Rorschach test. They should scrap the Myers-Briggs. They should do, forget all that. Like you can find everything you would need to know about somebody you can do playing golf. Like if you think, if you want to know if you should invest in with somebody, go play a couple rounds of golf with them. You'll find out in a heartbeat. Are they good with money? What vices do they have? Um, are they emotionally mature? They fly off the handle. They fly off the handle at the, the least irritating thing that could happen. Right. How well do they handle pressure? How well do they handle <laughs> um, when things go badly? Now, that being right. said, if you had caught me 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, and you asked that question, I would have, it would have been a horrible answer. Very horrible answer. Like I just, I, I stopped playing golf for at least 10 years because I just, it was not good. I like golf, kind of, because the only thing I would say about golf, it, it, it really ruins a perfectly good walk in a nice place, you know, 
Yeah, my dad has a sweatshirt that says golf is a pleasant walk in the in nature ruined by a stupid little white ball. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of good reasons why golf was invented by the Irish. Or the Scottish? Was it the Scottish or the Irish? Uh, <laughs> it was by the Scottish, which explains the anger. That actually explains the anger. Because the far no that- I am, and I am. I know you. I know you lived in England, so you can either tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I never thought about this till right now. But you actually bring up a good point that you didn't even know you brought up. So I always say that Scottish. You can do your best Scottish impression by just getting angrier as the sentence goes on. I know you mentioned that. Right? Yeah. Well, but you have golf- to pretend you're a goat. You have to pretend you're a goat to that do is- a Scottish <laughs> accent. Really. You- <laughs> yeah, to roll the R, you do need to be some type of farm animal for sure. Um, but in golf, not a cow, the same way. Not a cow, we, though. You, you can't in golf do the, the cow same way. Rogue. You, bo- you yeah. bogey your first hole, and you're like, "Oh man!" Fourth hole, man. Eighth hole, dig it. <laughs> and the sixteenth hole, I'm throwing my bags in the water. Throwing <laughs> the bags in the lock. Oh, Nessie's gonna eat my bags. Well, to me, to me, uh, the Scottish uh, brogue always sounds like they're 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 angry, right? And and the German, you disappeared. Oh, I'm here. The German, the German accent always sounds like you're giving somebody orders. So there you and the French, I don't know. French is just like you've drank too much wine, and that's their accent, you know. No, no, fair enough. So I, I've actually given a little bit of thought to this. So mm. German is more of the is more of your ex-wife's divorce attorney. They have <laughs> no they have no they have no sense of humor. They just speak very plainly. There's no there's no even hint that they're interested in being civil with you whatsoever. And the language itself is you could get drunk pass out, have your head hit the keyboard, and you could actually probably spell a German word because there's really, (laughs) there's no space on the German keyboard. Now the French, on the other hand, they're the type of person, they're like the Bernie Madoff that ran a pyramid scheme on you. And they're like actually meeting you after you discover that you ripped off all their money. They're like, oh, uh, you are the stupid one that gave me your money. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you bought me a castle in the Loire Valley. Oh, oh, oh stupid American. Oh, well, that's what if they're talking to another Frenchman or oh, even better, a French yeah. woman? Oh, I guess. Oh, do you, I look at all the money that I stole off so stupid Americans. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, but what if they're talking? The what if they're talking the to another French guy? It's they different. Are, they are. They're like, oh, was it? I I stole them all. Oh. Money's in that. Oh, oh. I see. I same subject. Same subject. Different audience. Yeah, yeah the subject is the same. Doesn't matter who you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> well, but you're. But listen, this one man. had a cowboy hat. I stole six times money that I did last year. You sound more German there than you do French. No, they talk, no, they, the, the French were taken over by the Germans many times, so there is a little bit of overlap. Mm. You know, well, there is no way. speaking English with no, a French th- accent. That's not the same as speaking French, my friend. My mother That's spoke true. French. That's true, but there's no, uh, there's no word for <laughs> French for courage. <laughs> <laughs> courage. It's courage, <laughs> damn it. What's the matter with you? Yeah, no, nobody uses that word over there. Courage? It's like it's like the space bar in in Germany. Like oh. it, it might exist, but it's never used. It's like the cap lock key on my keyboard that I've pried off and stored somewhere. You know how I know how I use my cap lock keyboard? That's a great point. I brought I'm glad you brought the only time I know that I'm using my cap lock is when I'm typing in a password and I realize, oh crap, why is this password worked four times in a row? And then I look and there's that stupid little green light on my keyboard. The only yeah. light's on the keyboard. It's yeah. the it's the French person going, oh, oh you are stupid. You're stuck <laughs> as a cap lock. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to get off the subject of our of our podcast today, but I have issues with the guy who designed the keyboard, number one. 
The reason they designed it the way they did, number two, why we keep using it the way we do, number three, and as far as the cap lock, I think it's virtually useless. All it does is get in the way or force yep. to force you to train you to not hit the cap lock key, which is ridiculous. That's like a monk training a monkey not to eat a banana. And 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 fourth or fifth, I've lost track. Um, I had a choice with the cap lock key, okay? Because I kept hitting it, and it was just frustrating as you know what. So. I either had to write or obtain a software code to disable it by interrupting the keyboard uh, command structure in BIOS. Wow. Two, or which I could do, but I didn't want to. Or two, I like I said, train myself not to hit it, which is almost impossible. It's like training a monkey not to eat a banana. Or three, take a little screwdriver and pry off the cap lock. Now, I'm not talking about a notebook. I'm talking about, you know, a real keyboard. Pry off the cap lock, set it aside, which I think it's over there somewhere. And then you never hit it. You don't have to worry about it. And if I want caps, damn it, I'll hold the shift down and get some caps. I'll put a cap in your ass, you know? Bust a cap. <laughs> bust a cap. That's what I had to do. I had literally had to bust a cap to get this keyboard to stop screwing up. I'll, uh, <laughs> the keyboard. The keyboard screws up, not me. I'll put your butt on cap lock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, a, what is a what is a uh, English PhD professor who's also a gang member threaten somebody? I'm going to put your cap lock. I'm going to. How did you say it? I'm going to put your. I'm gonna, well, I said I'm going to put your butt in a cap lock, but I'm going <laughs> to cap. I'm, I'm going to lock it. I'm going to cap lock your ass. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, your butt. I don't know. There's there's a better joke than I have there. Yeah, I'll although I do like, this. although I do like, there is no word for French. That is. And again, it's pronounced courage. Courage, yes. Yeah, courage. Okay. And it's been. It probably has been twenty years since I used courage in a sentence because that never comes up in conversation. You're getting yourself deeper and deeper. But you yeah. know what? I know you don't give a shit. You just say whatever the hell you want. And you nope. don't care who you piss off. In fact, you like to piss people off. I so, do, because you know what it does? It makes people, like, if you're playing poker, like, kind of, <laughs> no, if you're not poker poker, but if you're playing, like, life poker with somebody, hmm. and you, you say something like that, and it pisses them off, all they do is they just flip their cards over, and you get to see who you're playing with. So, And then you get to play with the people you like playing with, and then the people you don't, you find out real quick, so... Yeah. Um, but I'll go back to what I said before, and this is a good segue to get back. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you do speak to French people, just, you know, you have to like, for, you know, even I speak French, so I can do the accent perfectly, but even before then, it's like, if you want to, if you want to, for those that don't speak French, if you want to imitate the accent, it's really simple. Just pretend, just pretend like you just got over on every American ever in a pyramid scheme and you just ran into them at the airport. I disagree, but that's okay. Um, I think well, that's the attitude. It's definitely, it's definitely a superior attitude. Like there's no question oh. about it. Oh like no! Zero question whatsoever. <clears throat> yeah, no, no, I agree. It's a, it's definitely a certain kind of superior attitude. But if you want to speak French, you should, you should be eating a really ripe uh, a piece of limb uh, of camembert cheese, while sipping a glass of wine, and thinking about how great you are. Then you can really pull off the accent. But uh, you know, Peter yeah, Sellers. Peter Sellers. That's true. And there probably are a hundred words for arrogance <laughs> and none for humility. Come on, man. You, you, now you're stretching it. Now you're stretching it. Listen, would somebody uh, answer the phone? The phone is ringing. <laughs> All right. Let's, get, let's move on to some important stuff. We're yeah. monkeying around uh, too much with this. Yeah, monkeying around and we don't even have an organ grinder. So... <laughs> But speaking Do we of organ need grinder, an organ grinder? That's the only thing. That's the only way monkeys make money, right? Is through an organ grinder. So, mm. and actually, that's not on our topic. I saw your list on kind of what you wanted to talk about today, and it was <laughs> notably absent from having an organ grinder. So, if you're listening to this episode well, and you're thinking, "I can't wait to hear how Al is going to incorporate yeah. organ grinders into a podcast," I will. All right, I'll tell oh, you, you right will. now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. If you don't have the money you need. 
can't get the money you need, lost the money you need, you will experience organ grinding. Okay, and we know we're not which organ serial killers are we? No, no, no. We're, we're I'm talking about organ grinding. You will experience it, and you will know which organ it is that's getting ground. You follow? I hope not. <laughs> okay. In <laughs> other words, hurt. you're going to be hoisted by your own petard. Ah, you know that, right? Yeah, I don't like being hoisted by anything, <laughs> especially your own by your petard. petard. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And the subject today is, Matt? Money, money. Money. Yeah. But more specifically. Um, yeah. How to get, like, basically how, you know, how you want to approach getting money for your business. Or I'd say even broader than that, like, how how are you going to fund your business? That's probably the better, better right. way. It kind of incorporates everything. Right. Would you say that's a fair uh, fair assessment? I would say that's a fair statement. Um it, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be very different for a startup than it is going to be for somebody who's had a business that's shown some level of success or profitability or sustainability versus somebody who has a business that's exploding and it's consuming money like a bitch from hell. And it, uh, it and it's growing exponentially, and everybody's looking for an IPO, you know, Series A, B, C, whatever. So let's since most of the entrepreneurs that are out there listening, uh, I'm, I know Elon might be listening today, but this isn't going to apply to him so much. Okay, he just took some of the coins he found in his couch. billion and threw it into Bitcoin just because he can. Okay. He's probably not going to benefit that much from this, this, this episode, but um, are we talking about the Dogecoin or are we talking about Bitcoin? (laughs) Does it matter? I think it was Bitcoin actually. He just talked up the Doge and it what double, triple, quadruple. If this guy gets up in the morning if Elon Musk gets up in the morning and goes, Hmm, I'm going to tell everybody I like bananas. Guess what? The whole banana industry wakes up. They go like bananas, bananas. Everybody starts yelling bananas, bananas. We got to buy some freaking bananas. We got to eat bananas. I got to make love to a banana. Everybody just goes freaking crazy. Okay. Banana splits become the new thing. All the celebrities in the world start peeling bananas on videos on YouTube. I mean, it goes insane. That's all this guy has to do. It's, it's, it's crazy. Now, I'm not sure it's because he's the richest man in the world or because last week he was the richest and now he's the second richest or he's, you know, just does this guy even sell any cars. I don't know. I, I guess he does sell some cars. He launches some satellites, um, you know, whatever, uh, he, you know, he lives a, a charmed life, but you know what, let's talk about the kind of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, okay? They are not Elon Musk. They are not Jeff Bezos, okay? Who just recently stepped down, by the way, because he didn't want to work 15 hours a day, okay? To run a company that is, you know, making him trillions. But that's another issue. Let's talk about the entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast. Hello, by the way, get in touch with us once in a while. Let us know you're breathing. Um, money for your startup, right? So yeah, money makes the world go round. Okay. Um, it's been spinning for a long time and it's not going to stop spinning for a long time. That means money is going to continue to be important. All right. Why? Um, that's like asking, why do I put gas in my car? Okay. Cause you want to do something. You want to go somewhere. You want to get something done. You want to make something happen, okay? And it's called your business, or it's a, called a, an idea or a passion or, or a new, uh, some kind of widget that you just invented or a service that you want to, uh, you want to, you want money because you want to make money. That's the bottom line in business. You get money to make money. It takes money to make money. Remember that? They've been saying that since the caveman picked up a a pebble and said, oh, this is worth something. Can I trade it for that uh, piece of meat you have? 
you know, okay, fine. Yeah, it's more complicated nowadays because everything's digital and everything's crazy and everything's banking and everything is, is what have you. I mean, it's, it's nuts, but you got to have money for your business. Any business that starts with nothing but sweat equity and an idea, no money ain't a business. Okay. That's either a hobby or a dream. All right. It's not a business. It's not the start of a business. It's not going to be a business. It's never going to be successful. It's never going to make money and you're never going to do anything with it. So just go back to bed. All right. All right. So now that we've lost, now that we've lost three quarters of our audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now we, we've lost three quarters. So uh, maybe 10 people are going to listen to this. Okay. Listen. So now we got, now we actually, now we only have 10 people listening. I Now that we've gotten rid of all the the, the riffraff. Now we can actually start talking about what we want to start. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, um, people, entrepreneurs, or anybody that's listening to this and while they're doing their dishes or uh, cleaning their house or mowing their lawn or God knows what, because our podcasts tend to be lengthy, um, you know, put a pin in it and come back. All right. But anyway, here's the point. Okay. When you wake up in the morning, okay. Before you even meditate, drink a cup of coffee, put your clothes on, Walk downstairs, walk into your kitchen, walk into your office, whatever. You should be thinking about where can I get money? That's what That should be the thought in your head. Where can I get money? Where can I get more money? Who can I get it from? What is it going to cost me? Uh, what am I going to use it for? How am I to get this business going? Okay. And it's called money. M-O-N-E-Y. All caps. Speaking of cap lock keys. <laughs> anyway, so... Here's the thing, all right? You need it, you want it, you gotta have it, okay? So first question you should ask is how much and why? There's no point in saying I need money if you don't know why, okay? Um, so then you ask why, and then you ask yourself, what am I going to do with it, okay? If you have money and you don't use it, that's like having gasoline in a can sitting in the backyard. It's worthless. It's probably a hazard. Okay. So what are you going to do with it? And then why are you going to spend it that way? These are questions you need to ask yourself. Okay. If you don't have good answers, you need to get good answers. If you don't, can't get good answers, you haven't talked to the right people. You haven't done the research. You're wasting time. Okay, so get the answers to these. Where are you going to get the money? When are you going to get the money? How are you going to get the money? Who are you going to get the money from? Okay, get the answers. Think about it night and day, 24-7. That's all you think about. That's it. You don't think about anything else until you get that right. Okay, so let's start with where are you going to get it? All right. Let's say you've got a certain amount in mind. You've got your business strategy. You've got your business plan. You've got your business idea. You've got, you've got your product. You've got your service. It's all packaged very nicely. It's all on paper. You've got business, you've got associates, you've got people that want to buy it. You've got all of that. Okay. So where, where are you going to get the money now? If you have a giant trust fund that you can tap at any moment, you're probably not listening to this podcast, number one. Number two, you're already rich. So why are you starting this business? But let's just say you want to start this business, this enterprise, whatever you want to call it. And you do have a, uh, a trust fund and you're already rich. You, that's fine. Take some of that and Throw it in the toilet and watch it swirl around because you're probably going to lose it. But let's just say you really you really want to do this thing. You think it's going to make a lot of money. It's going to help a lot of people. It's what you love, whatever. Okay, take some money, your money out of your trust fund and, and, and fund the business. But let's say you don't have a, a trust fund, okay? The next question you have to ask yourself, do I have hard assets? 
And by hard assets, I mean real estate, diamonds, gold, jewelry, ancient coins from the Roman, uh, Roman era. I don't care. Anything that can be that you can get a loan against or you can liquidate for cash. All right. Now, not a lot of people have that. Okay. But most people have some of it. Okay. So the best you can do is take a little bit of the hard assets you have and see who will loan money uh, to you using that as, 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 as assets and, or sell some of it and, and take the cash and, and, and start moving forward. Now, if you don't have that, then you're going to either need a remote viewing time machine. Okay. Now, if you have a remote viewing time machine, you can go back and see uh, Amazon stock was $10 and now it's going to be 5,000 or eBay was this or whatever. Then you don't even start the business. Okay. Just invest, invest, go use your remote viewing time machine and, and invest the money. It's a lot less trouble and it's a lot less of a hassle, okay? And it's certainly a lot more secure. So now the other option is if you have what I call a direct pipeline to God, okay? Um, That'd be capital G-O-D, right? Yeah, genetic ordinance director, okay? You have a direct pipeline to God and there are some people that have had that, like uh, the lady that wrote The Secret ungodly rich now with nothing but the idea of I'm going to teach you how to be rich or teach you get what you want. Harry, the woman that wrote Harry Potter. Okay. She's richer than the queen of England now. And, and, you know, star Wars made a little bit of money, the whole star Wars franchise thing started off with very little, but he still had to make that movie and that took money. So I call that examples of the direct pipeline to God. Okay. Cause it's not going to fall from the sky. I don't care how hard you pray. It, I guarantee it won't do it. it. Won't fall from the sky. Although there's a lot of preachers that have say they have a direct pipeline to God, but they're always asking the audience for money. So they're they're parishioners. So I always know. thought that was kind of odd. If they have, it if they, if these people that are, are they're, they're saying, hey, I have my little back channel to God. Okay, well I need money. Well, why don't you ask him? He has all of it. No, I'd rather ask you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they're asking the audience for money because it's good to give, you see. They, they want to help the audience by having them give money to them so they can fly in a jet and stuff. Anyway. <clears throat> by the way, the guy, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but the guy who has the biggest gall of anybody, um, he named himself Creflo Dollar, like really? Like that's when um, you know the guy's just really out front and center. Like this is what I want. I want yeah. your money. I'm just going to name myself Dollar. Yeah, well, that's 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 fine. Whatever works. It's just good marketing. Um, I like it when they say send your cash to Box One Thousand, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, so anyway, here's the thing. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Is that a bad thing? No, not really. Getting the money, right? Is what I'm talking about. It's not really a bad thing because it's going to provide you with proof of concept, okay? If you can't get a dime from anybody under any reason, anyhow, maybe you don't have the right idea for a business. Did you think about that? Okay, maybe you're on the wrong path. Maybe you don't know shit, okay? Maybe you've got it all wrong. So. By getting the money, I mean, either you're just a super convincing salesman slash whatever that can just convince people to give you money. I mean, that dot-com, uh, so-called dot-com millionaire guy was spending $24,000 a month for an apartment until the feds showed up, okay, with his uh, flim-flam money scam, uh, whatever. Um, he's going to go to jail. But uh, let's just say it's not a flim-flam scam, okay? But and you're very good at convincing people to give you money. You better watch your, make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and you mind your P's and Q's, okay? Because you could get arrested for a pyramid scheme or something like that. And 
So let's just say you have a legitimate idea for a business. You maybe got a little bit experience or maybe you got a lot of experience. Maybe you've been doing this kind of thing in the corporate environment for 25 years. Okay. And you're thinking, I want to be my own boss now. I want to do this and not have to, you know, be a galley slave to, to, to the corporation. So um, the point being is that getting the money helps you, helps you to establish your proof of concept, your strategy, uh, and everything else that goes along with launching a business. <clears throat> now, since you don't have a direct pipeline to God, you don't have a trust fund, you don't have a remote viewing time machine. So where is that? Where are you going to get the money? So first, it's family and friends. Okay. And there's really, hold on a second. Okay, there's really nothing wrong with that, um, especially if you've got a rich family and you, or you've got rich friends or they're thinking they believe in you and they like your idea and they think they're going to make their money back and or become rich. I mean, Jeff Bezos parents will own him what something like $40,000 or whatever. <laughs> now it's worth 40 billion. I don't know. I'm, don't quote me, but it's worth a lot. Okay, so anyway, here's the thing. You go to your family, your friends, anybody Anybody want to be, well, they don't have to be friends, but believe me, you'll think of them as a friend if they loan you money. <laughs> you'll probably, and you'll probably lose them as a friend if they loan you money, but that's another subject. Um, you go to family. A friend. Friend. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. Anyway, um, so you go to family and friends, but remember, Family and friends isn't just money, it's relationship. So that comes with a lot of strings, comes with a lot of psychological stuff, emotional stuff and worries, okay? But at this point, you're so desperate, you'll, get, you'll take it from anybody. You'll take the money from anybody, okay? So you're willing to put up with that. And it only gets worse if you don't pay them back. <laughs> Believe me, Believe me. And better hope they're not Scottish. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, you don't want to. Those meetings don't end well. They don't. They're never. They're never comfortable for anybody. They make you eat haggis. So anyway, listen. If you can't, you can't find any friends and family, or you just need to get things started. There's always the credit cards if you've got a nice line of credit and a low interest rate. Now, if you do have some assets like a home or with, you know, that it's appreciated to 10 times more than what you purchased it for, maybe a line of credit with a very low interest rate and interest only payments um, for a period of time, that's not a bad way to go, but you gotta be very careful or you'll, you know, you'll be homeless or renting soon. Now, <clears throat> as soon as you say you need the money, there's gonna be a lot of people that will approach you to loan you money. Okay, these are what are, are, are the banksters, the scammers, the internet loan companies who prey on the desperate um, at their 20 to 25% interest, uh, uh, make the minimum payment bullshit. You really want to stay away from them. Okay, there may be the kind of people you would go to if you need the money for one week. And then you want to pay it back. And you don't want to go to the godfather for money, seriously, because he's going to want something in return. And it isn't going to be, uh, hey, how you doing? Okay. <laughs> it's going to be serious. Right, Matt? No. It's not going to end well. It's not going to be comfortable. It may end well. It may end just fine, but it is going to be very uncomfortable. So um, the next way, next thing to look at is what's constantly being advertise and that's <clears throat> the SBA, some type of government loan, uh, micro lenders like ACCION Action, they're a community-based micro lender. They'll lend you up to $10,000 and they're a lot more liberal in terms of your FICO and collateral and stuff. Reason uh, uh, the, the interest rates are reasonable. I'm not plugging them per se. I'm just saying that they're out there. There are community-based banks and community-based organizations that might lend you a small amount of money, not Elon Musk money, but a small amount of money. So um, you can look to them, but be prepared for a lot of paperwork 
and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time and it's going to take meetings and it's going to take paperwork. And then you're on their list. Okay. And hope, hope that they will fund you. And, uh, but that's not a bad way to go. If you can, if you can make it work, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, so another way to go is a rich partner or a partner that has got money. Now, the problem with that is you're going to be his bitch, okay, for a while until the business takes off and so forth and so on. He's going to have a say in everything you do, think, whatever. Um, he can and typically fire you too. It can happen. You better have the right paperwork in place. You better have all the right controls in place. Um, you don't want a situation where you get a little bit of money and then you need more and you don't have it. And so you go belly up or the partner won't give it to you or they, they don't have it. I thought you had it. No, I thought you had it. No, it's, you know, it's, it's complicated, but you know, if you find a silent partner that says, Hey, I'm just going to give you a million dollars or whatever it is that you want to get this thing going, you better think twice about it. Because they're not doing it out of the kindness of, 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 of their heart, okay? They're not doing it just because you have a good idea. They're doing it as an investment, and they will close the spigot, turn you off, and turn off everything, uh, lock, change the locks on the doors uh, of your office, and leave you stranded if you don't really watch what you're doing. Street smarts, okay? I don't care if you have an MBA from Harvard. If you don't have street smarts, and you get a partner that doesn't, it does have street smarts. That does have, yeah, that <laughs> does have street smarts, and not necessarily a saint. Okay, you're you're going to be, you're going to, he's going to eat your lunch, and then he's going to throw it up and make you eat it. Okay, I don't know where that came from, but it's it's it somehow seems appropriate. Anyway, so now let's say, in a either in addition to that, or instead of that, you decide you want to go to a bank. Okay, banks have lots of money, right? Um, be prepared for a ton of paperwork. Be prepared for them to inspect everything, starting with a retinal scan and every orifice of your body, okay? Tax returns. Um, they're gonna want you to have uh, assets. They are not, no bank out there. You know, since Jimmy Stewart did uh, It's a Wonderful Life, no bank out there is gonna loan you diddly squat on proof of concept okay they don't just because you have it on paper and it looks great they are not going to loan you a dime nothing okay especially COVID. <laughs> oh man let's not even go there so what they will do is if they see hard assets that they can liquidate in a six-month period of time they will loan you a percent of that uh, loan to value ratio, okay? They will loan you a percent of that at what is probably a decent interest rate. Not a credit card rate, not, an in, not a, a bankster rate, not an uh, internet loan scam interest rate, but actually a decent interest rate over it with a decent payback, okay? But um, unless you have those assets, forget about it. So um, you got to ask yourself in this process, what are you getting? What are you giving up? And at what price? Okay. And you got to really, really think about that. And go to, go to people that know this shit and sit down and talk with them or even talk to them on the phone or nowadays you do a Zoom call and have them give you some advice. Find out what they know that you don't know and, and, and do your research, okay? Now, I want you to keep in mind out there, listeners, that not enough money is almost as bad as getting no money. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you can't lose what you don't invest. Okay? 
and you haven't crossed a bridge that's going to collapse underneath you, all right? So if you haven't got the money, you either don't have a good proof of concept, you have no assets, you don't know what you're doing. If you do get the money, make sure you get enough or at least a line of credit to more because you're going to need more. Like we used to say in the computer industry when I was in IT, it's gonna cost you twice as much, it's gonna take twice as long and it's gonna give you about half of what you need. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's the rule of thumb. Yeah, right? huh? and that's optimist. That's an optimist talking. So keep in mind that timing is everything. Okay, so timing applies to everything. Timing applies to when you start the business, when you get your money, when you pay it back, when you make your sale, when you make your first sales, when you make your first income when you make your first profit all those things timing is everything okay i can't get into too much detail about that if you want some help get hold of me okay i'll i'll i can really help you but keep in mind that the best way to spend your money when you do get it is for marketing because marketing equals sales sales equals money you don't have to be Einstein to figure that out, okay? That's how it works. Now, if you're spending money on infrastructure, fancy desks, overhead, office space, phone systems, um, coffee, uh, you know, uh, employee salaries, uh, uh, 1099 uh, contractors, all of that stuff, maybe it's necessary, but it doesn't make you any money. Only marketing and sales make you money, okay? So everything is, you have your fixed expenses, all right? You have your semi-fixed expenses and you have your discretionary expenses. That's it, okay? So you, you, you keep your fixed expenses and overhead as low as possible. You keep your semi-expenses as low as possible and you spend as much money as you can on your discretionary which is your marketing money. Because that marketing equals what? Sales, sales equals what? Income, income equals what? Profit, profit equals what? Money. You're never, but keep in mind, my friends, you are never going to grow your business from internal cash flow. You're gonna start off, you're gonna start off losing money. You're gonna lose more money as you grow, okay? And you're going to need more money as you grow beyond that. That's why you need the funding to start and to keep things going and to grow. You're never going to grow from internal cash flow. You're only, that's just gonna be digits on, a, uh, in your, on your computer screen. I was gonna say on paper, only if you print it out. Digits on your computer screen. Now, I can't go into all the details of the process of how you do this. It's going to depend on you. It's going to depend on what you know and who's helping you and the research you've done and how well you can execute on all of this. Okay. And keep in mind, it's a long shot, right? I mean, you could win the golf game referring to earlier with a hole in one. It's not, what's the likelihood of that happening? You're lucky if you get par. Okay. So, Breaking even in business and keeping it going is par, all right? Don't bogey and double bogey and triple bogey, you're out of business. You don't get to go to the next hole, it's over. Just head to the clubhouse and have a drink, all right? It's done, you're finished. Come up with another idea or go to work for the man, be a galley slave, I don't care, it doesn't matter. So here's the thing, you wanna keep it lean and mean. Always, right? I mean, the stories in, in, in the world of entrepreneurialism about the guy that used an old door as a desk on a couple of crates, uh, and, and, and two years later, his business was doing a million dollars a year, and he was still using the same desk, okay? <laughs> and he said, you know what? It works perfectly fine. 
the desk works, okay? I, the crates work, the desks work, it's very stable. It's all I need. Did he go out when his business started making a million dollars a year? Did he go out and buy a fancy mahogany burl inlaid uh, gold, uh, uh, gold encrusted desk? No. You know why? Because he was smart. Okay. This is a dynamic world. This is a crazy world. You could be making a million, literally a million dollars a month and the next month comes along and guess what? There's a pandemic or there's something else or your, 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 uh, your competition just came out with a product that does 10 times better for one tenth the price. And everybody looks at you at the office and you go like, well, I think we can still sell some of this shit, but I don't know who we're going to sell it to. We got to figure it out. We got to pivot. And all of a sudden your million dollars a month goes to 10,000 a month. What good is that mahogany desk now? <laughs> worthless. You might be able to sell it for one tenth of what you paid for it. That's about it. Okay. So keep that in mind. Now, what does that boil down to? Okay. You need money. Let's say you get the business going. You need money for a safety net. Well, first it's an emergency fund. Okay. Oh, they're going to turn the phones off. Uh, the internet is, uh, we have pay, pay our internet bill. Um, the, this is the third month we haven't paid rent on our office. That's called your emergency fund, okay? Then you have your safety net, okay? Your emergency expenses are, are handled, okay? Then you have your safety net. Uh, guess what? Our contractors need to be paid. No, you can't put them off forever like Donald Trump, okay? No, you can't have them sue you for the money like Donald Trump. And maybe it works for him, okay? But he's, he's smart enough to get uh, uh, German banks to loan him billions of dollars on, on empty buildings, okay? So at least he's smart enough to do that. And then he, you know, and, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to make it up and get more money by running for president and, and, and accidentally winning, okay? So forget about it. Um, you got to keep track of every penny like a hawk watches a mouse, okay? And not only do you have to keep track of it, you have to have somebody that advises you. I recommend more is Goldstein as your CPA because he's got the more right name and he'll do a good job for you. Now, is he expensive? Yes. Is he worth every penny? Damn right he is. Is that a real person, or did you just make that? No, I just that's that's I just made that up. Morris Goldstein. I was going to say that would be a fantastic name. That'd be like Better Call Saul. <laughs> I love that show, by the way. Better Call Saul. It yes. was a great show. Still is. And oh, that that uh, attorney he was partners with. She was hot, but that's another story. Anyway, um, so have a good CPA. All right, have a good banker. Um. Keep track of every penny. And I don't mean uh, keep track of it six months later when you go like, oh, where did all the money? I know we had money coming in, I think. I don't did know we how have much. a bank account somewhere? I thought we, had, we a had a bank, bank account. account. Do we have a bank account? Um, was, it that bit? was it that building on the corner or was it the other I don't know. I'm some, guy, some guy said he was my banker. I don't know. But anyway. I think, it, um, I think it had a blue logo or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, blue logo, swirly thing. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I know money was coming in and I know money was going out, but I don't know how much was coming in or for what, what reason. And I don't know how much was going out for what reason. So my CPA has been calling me and saying, what the fuck, you know? Um, that's anyway, what happened to Billy Joel, except his CPA never called him. Well, that's because his, 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 his brother-in-law was in charge of his money while he was the piano man. And his brother-in-law decided to have a good time with the money and or invest it and or lose it. And uh, he, you know, that same thing happened to David Bowie. David right. Bowie made a shitload of money, okay? Checked his bank account and realized he didn't have a fucking dime. Now, so, is, that when he is that when he wrote the song Under Pressure? That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like the song he would write when he looked at his bank statement. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. His, oh, I could go into, I, I, you know, I'm a musician and I've, I just love the stories and, uh, uh, of some of, these, some of these great artists and musicians. It's just, 
it's just amazing. One of these one of these days we'll have to do a show just on, hey, this was this is a story of David Bowie and how he became super rich when he had nothing uh, after ten years and realized he didn't want to be a he didn't want to uh, give all his money away to the man or to to the government. And speaking of which, you keep track of every penny in and out. You have a good CPA that tells you what that what that means. Okay, keeping track of it is not enough. Putting it into a spreadsheet is not enough. You have to know what that means. Okay, and a, another important reason to know is because every business owner has a silent partner. And you know who that silent partner is called? Uncle Sam, the government, okay? Just because Billy Joel uh, had a brother-in-law who lost all his money doesn't mean that Uncle Sam, he doesn't owe any money to Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam doesn't care what you do with the money, okay? They just want their piece of it. That's it. So you could waste it, lose it. Well, if you lose it the right way, like Donald Trump, for example, <laughs> you never have to pay. You never have to pay uh, Uncle Sam. Okay, the government isn't your silent partner. But then you're losing money every year, so that's a different story. Um, anyway, so I would like to. I think it's almost about time to 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 wrap up the podcast. And of course, I want you to comment on all of this, Matt. But I would say if you're out there and you're listening, <clears throat> and I hope I hope you listen to this podcast. I don't care if you listen to any other podcast. You better listen to this one, this episode, because this is about money, and money is important. If you're listening to this, and it really, it really inspires you and motivates you to get some answers, okay? Feel free to reach out to me with questions. Reach out to Matt and I on questions on anything to do with these podcasts. You've got my email, for goodness sake. You've got Matt's email, okay? You could be anywhere. You could be anywhere in the world. You could be listening to this in Germany or Botswana. It doesn't matter. We don't have a German version or Botswana. You've got to listen to it in English unless Matt wants to do this in French, which he could. But I, I don't know if he wants to spend the time to repeat everything in French. But here's my point. If you have any questions, email them to us. And we will consider answering those questions in the future episode. Or we'll do a bonus session, okay? For our loyal listeners, we'll do a bonus session where we answer your questions specifically in detail. Do not be afraid to send me too many questions. <laughs> I, I was in IT for 25 plus years, okay? I know about questions. <laughs> and I know about information and data and stuff. So feel free to, to send that. I'm not saying, you know, that we'll address every question. I'm just saying we'll consider it. And if you're out there and you would like to be, you would like some help beyond just sending in a question. If you contact me specifically, I don't think Matt has time for this, but if you contact me specifically, I will send you a, a, a Google form you can fill out. And if we decide you're the right person, you could be a special guest on this show where we interview you and we, we practically guarantee or your money back an aha moment where you walk away, you, when you're done after an hour with Matt and me, you will have your aha moment. You will, you will go, you will hang up your headset and you will say, OMG, I really get it now. Or at least I, I, I have good idea what I don't know. All right. And it could change your life. 
it could change your life. And it certainly won't do your business any harm. So reach out to us, reach out to me specifically, reach out to both of us with questions, okay? But reach out to me specifically if you want to be featured as a guest on this podcast and have your aha moment. And uh, we're only going to work with one guest interviewee per month, okay? So if you're chosen, consider that to be like getting, grabbing, grabbing the brass ring or the gold ring, or just consider yourself very fortunate. And that's all I have to say. What do you think, Matt, in, in wrapping this up? Yeah, no, I think, I think if you, if you're, if we're hitting on topics in this episode or some other episodes where um, it's kind of ringing home and it's probably causing you more questions than answering the ones that you already had, um, it just means that you're at a point where um, there's an inflection point. You need to get past it. There's a bottleneck in your business. So maybe, you know, like today's episode, we talked about money and how do you scale your business? How do you fund the business to get started? If you have a physical business, you need inventory and suppliers. If it's an information product um, or a coaching product, then, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's hardware, maybe it's a microphone or maybe it's a webcam or, um, really whatever it is. Maybe it's just, you know, having, a, doing a little bit of advertising here and there, but you need to have money. Right. You, know? right. Um, you need to have a logo that looks like you didn't, you know, take it off of Google images, basically. Uh, but you're going to need to do that. And so in the end, you break those things down to, well, I'd say that's one episode. So like we talked about other ones, like how to come up with a marketing message or how to get more customers or how to how to make sure, like we talked about an avatar in, in one of our prior episodes and how, and how it really helps solve most of your marketing problems and branding problems, even, even product creation as well. Um, so if that's the case and you're thinking, yeah, this is really great. It's, it's great theoretically when you're sitting here saying, okay, this makes a lot of sense, but man, how many times do people give you an option where we, they can actually help you solve that problem in an hour where, where you're kind of wondering where things are going to go, what you should do, what is the next step you should do? Okay, yeah, I, I understand the problem, but what's what's the next step to actually have me solve that problem? And that's what we want to do. Well, we want to do it for the right person. So, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, yeah, man, if I could just if I could just figure out the next step once, if I can get if they can give me the next step, I can get the next ten. Um, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're looking to do. And and we only say that because we've done that before. Um, you know. Either, you know, I've done it for other people. People have done it for me. When I first started, I didn't know kind of what to do. But once I had a sense on what path to take, um, you know, the next 10 decisions were really, really easy to do. Um, uh, but as far as money goes, like one of the things you want to look at is this. And a lot of people are thinking, OK, well, I, you know, I have to bootstrap my money because I'm not exactly surrounded by the venture capital community and I don't have any rich uncles. Um the mafia isn't around as much as it used to be. And so I just need to figure out how to gut, you know, gut it up. And, and there's, there's value to that, but at some point in time, you're going to need a boost up. I mean, even the biggest companies in the world um, were not completely bootstrapped. Amazon, like you mentioned, he had a, how much was the loan that he took? From his parents? Jesus. Yeah. I think it was about 40 K. About 40,000. Your yeah. favorite guy, Donald Trump took a million dollar loan from his dad um, Facebook had Edward Saverin, although he screwed him in the end, but then he had Peter Thiel, um, you know, who was the first guy I gave him a half million dollars, you know, so even the people that are venture capital people understand that you're going to need to have that, um, have that done. And so even a lot of independent media companies, most people don't realize this, but you look at a lot of independent media companies, um, and, and, and startups and social networks, um, they have, they have backing like that. So like, for example, I don't know if you heard last week, the guy who was a CEO of Parler got fired because the, the major financial backer, uh, Rebecca Mercer, is like basically a trust fund baby. I mean, she's gotten she inherited more money than she'll ever be able to count. And she just got sick of the guy and fired him. And so but you look at places where like Breitbart, for example, you look at some of the independent media companies, Breitbart, um, Mediaite, Vox, even like you look at um, who was it, Huffington Post back in the day. You know, they're all known for Ariana Huffington or, or Andrew Breitbart or all these things. But it's not like this guy's sitting here in the background writing it and he built it up. He has a major backer. You look at The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald. 
started that, but that had some major financial backers behind it, but most people don't know that. So if you want to gut check it and bootstrap it, that's great. But realistically, you're going to have to figure out a way to scale it at some point. And so maybe that means, maybe that means you need to, you know, knock on some rich people's door because they have money they want to invest. And maybe it's a pet project and, and maybe it's right up their alley. Maybe you borrow money from your parents. Maybe you borrow money from a bank. Don't borrow from your home. Um, I always heard Susie Orman say it's selling your house and staying on title. So I, I don't know that you really want to borrow money against your home for a business. That's kind of risky. But um, one of the things I do want to talk about next week, and it kind of leads right into it, is the idea of a partnership. So partnerships are you know, usually an area where somebody has expertise and somebody has a weakness. So I might be the tech guy and you might be the idea guy or I might be the mar- you might be the marketing guy and I'm kind of the guy in front of the camera. You know, it could be anything like that. Um, but I heard John Lee Dumas say one time, he goes, I love ships. I love tall ships, small ships, fast ships, and slow ships. But the one ship I hate are partnerships. <laughs> and so but we're going to talk about that and really kind of the pitfalls. You know, what you want to do if you're looking to be a, have a partner in a business, kind of what are the, some of the things you want to have done ahead of time? Because it's not as simply as two guys shaking hands, bumping fists and saying, hey, let's do this together. Uh, there's very practical things you want to do to define the relationship, make sure you protect each other um, and make sure that you kind of have, you know, kind of all the questions that will come up answered ahead of time. Because the last thing you want to do is have confusion or have any thought at all that the other partner is going to rip you off because you do not want to have it where one guy is the money guy and the other guy is the idea guy because the idea guy is going to walk away poor. And there's going to be a lot of litigation. You don't want to do that. So as we get, as well, I guess this is a good place to wrap up today. We'll, we'll, we'll do yeah. that. And then next week, we're going to talk about partnerships, um, which is a very common area, right? It's, it's where you understand where you're going, what you need help with and where you have complementary skill sets or resources even um, and how to actually bridge that gap. So yeah. that being said, my name is well, Matt. Matt, oh, wait, I want to say, yeah. I want to say before I sign off, before I say goodbye, For now, I want to say this about the episode where we have the special guest interviewee. Our goal isn't really to solve your problem, okay? Our goal is to to ask you the kind of questions that you probably don't know to ask, even to yourself, okay? And what we want you to walk away with is an insight, okay? An insight into what it is you don't know that you don't know or your worldview or your mindset or whatever it is that you're focusing on that you don't get, okay? Now, what we will do, or at least I will do this. I don't know about Matt, but I will do this. I will take that podcast episode where we ask you those questions and you talk about your business and what you do and what you want and what you hope for and your challenges and your problems. And I will provide a link for that podcast episode to my network of experts, coaches, thought leaders, influencers, authors, smart people. Okay, and ask them to view it and come back with some suggestions for you. So what do you get out of it? Number one, you get the insight. Number two, you get some very good response from people that know. And and at the very least, you get to promote what it is that you're doing. So who knows what kind of contacts you might get out of that or help. All right. That's on you. But with those three three things, you're going to come out of it better than you came into it. So, again, insight, uh, response and advice and suggestions from a network of experts and an opportunity to promote what you do or what you want to do and make some connections that way. So. That's all I have to say for today. And in conclusion, I hope you got something out of this podcast. You may want to listen to this one twice. Seriously, this is this is a gold nugget 
All right. So in conclusion, my conclusion, adios and and I just encourage him. I, I just want to add that and we'll, we'll wrap up. I, I just, I, you know what? You know, I, there's not many times you get a guy like Al who has like a ridiculous extension, net, extension of network of entrepreneurs, people that have been 10 steps down the line that you're looking to go to, people that have solved the problem and the questions that you're trying to solve, the people that didn't even know the question to ask, that you don't even know the question to ask right now, but they've already done that. So um, take advantage of it. It doesn't come away all that often. And realistically, it's, I mean, it's, it's not like he's charging a thousand dollars for it. Just ask him. And it's, it's people out there want to help you. You know, people are then want to, you know, they're higher up the mountain. They want to lift you up uh, to where they are. So I definitely encourage you to take advantage of that and make sure you um, subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't done so already, that way you get notifications. And next week, again, we're going to talk about partnerships on how, how they're good, but really some things you really need to think about and get straightened out ahead of time. Um, so there's no issues in the business. You can focus on actually being successful and leveraging each other. So uh, with that being said, we'll wrap up today. My name is Matt. And I am Al, and I encourage you to send me questions using the email that's at the podcast. And adios. Have a great weekend. Adieu. Thank you for joining us today on the Halcyon Horn podcast. You've just taken the crucial step to finally take control of where your life is going by joining us on the road to entrepreneurship. The path to your new amazing destiny has only just begun. You're already ahead of 99% of the people around you because you're finally taking control of your life and making the choice to claim your new destiny. We'd love to help you in any way we can along your journey. So take a minute to reach out to us. You'll find our contact information in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as the newest episode drops. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Don't wait. Do it now. Can't wait to meet up for our next episode, and we'll see you soon. 